Hello and welcome to Angular Rocks, a podcast for those who want to know more about Angular. I'm Alexey Kuncevich. Today we'll be talking about web animations. And I'm very excited to introduce our special guest, William Huan. William is a front-end developer working primarily on the web and hybrid mobile space. Hello, William. Hi. Thanks for having me. Thank you for joining us as a guest. Can you tell a few more words about yourself and what you do? Yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm a front-end developer. I work both in web and hybrid mobile. So I do uh, both web applications and also um, hybrid apps. So stuff like Ionic and NativeScript. Um, the majority of my work has always revolved around the Angular ecosystem. So even though I use Ionic and NativeScript, it's primar- primarily using their Angular flavors. So I've been doing Angular for both web and mobile. Uh, you're also a native script ambassador. Yeah, yeah. I was, uh, yeah, I think I started NativeScript uh, as a NativeScript ambassador a while back. I think it might be around 2016 or 2017. All right. Speaking about web animations, what do you think? Why do we need animations on the web? Um, so yeah, animations add life to a web applications. And I think if we use animations in a meaningful and non-distracting way, it can significantly improve the application's UX or the user experience. Um, they, they also play an important role. For instance, you can make an application feel faster by adding some well-orchestrated animation. Some, some animations are also crucial to, to the user experience. These include uh, those such as uh, signaling the user which part of the application they can interact with, so stuff like hover animations, and also things like confirming, confirming a user's action. Um, so uh, you know like when a button is pressed, there's a state change, so animations can smooth the interaction between the users and the application. Yeah, seems like animations add this feeling to the application experience. So users have a feeling that the application performs better, right? Yeah, I think that's. Uh, I think I could put it uh, in a different uh-huh. way. I think animations doesn't really improve the app's performance per se, but it improves your perceived performance. So, like the the user to the user, it feels faster but the application is not actually faster. It kind of gives you a more polished feel, a more polished experience. It seems to me that web animations provide a great solution to improve application experience. Right. But how do web animations actually work? Okay, so, um, so basically animations, how it works, it, it, it moves your, um, well, it does some transformations to your element. Uh, whether it's a translate, a scale, a rotation, uh, so whatever property, but it converts, it modifies that over time. So if you if you mo- modify it over time at a fast enough rate, you get this smooth transition, and that's what uh, results in animation. So if it goes, uh, I think 60 FPS would be the threshold. So if it goes below 60 frames per second, then you would get jank. So you would see stutters. So that's basically what um, animation is. So uh, web animation APIs, it lets you use the browser's animation to, uh, to do these transformations. 
um, CSS animations also are using uh, browsers. Different between the, the web animation APIs versus the CSS animation is, so CSS is mostly static. So you, you don't have a lot of freedom with um, the dynamic part. So if, say, you want to translate something from an unknown position to another unknown position, that's pretty hard to do on CSS animations because you have to specify most of them um, before you actually execute the animations. But you could do a lot of more complex animations using web animation API. Both have almost equal performance, uh, in my opinion. Um, as long as you're animating um, the properties that are performant to animate, you get basically almost the same performance whether you're using web animation APIs or CSS. Um, so comparing web animation APIs uh, and CSS animations and how they work in Angular, uh, the, the, the primary difference here is only how you wire things up. So in vanilla JavaScript, you get the, the element by using document.getElementById. On jQuery, you use the dollar sign. So the, the difference with Angular is you, on Angular, you come, you're, you're more commonly using uh, the view child or view children decorator. But after getting access to that element, everything is pretty much the same. So how you would animate a regular vanilla JavaScript project and Angular, that's, um, that's identical, um, excluding how you get the reference to the element. Angular animation uh, on the other side is Angular's domain-specific language for animation. So it's it's uh, kind of ex an ex abstraction layer on top of web animations and CSS animation that lets you write animation that is more in the Angular way. So it's it's easier to use in an Angular application per se. Speaking about the browser support. Do animations work in all browsers? I know that no one cares about IE11 these days. Uh, I wonder how well it is supported across the major modern browsers. So it's it's mo it's widely supported on uh, most modern browsers, I think, uh, right now. Um, so for Angular specifically, um, Angular Animations uses the Web Animation APIs when it's available, and then it falls back to CSS animations if they're not available on the browser. Um, so you, you always have this fallback. I think this started around Angular 6, uh, where they have this fallback. So, and also you also, Angular, is, Angular animation also has uh, polyfills for uh, animation builder for unsupported browsers, which you can add uh, to your project. Personally, I, I haven't actually run into issues where animations don't, run properly on uh, like the major modern browsers. Yeah, if it's unsupported, uh, there's usually polyfills. Uh, Angular has those. And then the third-party animation libraries, those have their own set of supported uh, browsers specific to their library and their dependencies. So I think uh, CSS animations are more widely supported um, in terms of like third-party animation libraries. You can see it supported almost anywhere. Uh, but those that, that have uh, JavaScript involved heavily, uh, those might not be supported anywhere. But it's most of the time, almost all modern browsers are supported. 
Speaking about third-party web animation libraries, which one would you recommend for Angular developers? Yeah, so there, I, I usually group uh, third-party libraries into like two categories. The, the pure CSS ones, where you add a class and then it adds the animation for you. This is like how um, Animate CSS or Animate Style and then Tailwind. Tailwind has a few animation in there. Um, mm-hmm. It's not as commonly used as Animate, but and then uh, there are a couple more that are pure CSS uh, animation libraries. Those are pretty much used the exact same way on Angular and on non-Angular projects. The, so if you need a more complex one, you have the JavaScript animation libraries. So these are like uh, Pop Motion, like uh, which powers Framer Motion. You get the Spring animations from there. Uh, and then Greenstock also has their animation mm-hmm. library, uh, which has um, an entire suite of um, things you can do with their uh, animations. Um, those are more JavaScript. Uh, they, that those involve a lot of JavaScript, so those have more conf- more things you need to configure to make it work to with Angular. Um, and then I also have I also have this one category which. Uh, I just um, called it as miscellaneous. So these are like um, not really JavaScript or um, CSS, like animating elements, dumb elements. Um, But um, this is more of uh, custom animations. Like, uh, I don't know if, I think it might be easier if I um, let you know the name first before going in into more detail explaining it. This is um, Lottie. Uh, Lottie is an animation library that's from Airbnb. Mm-hmm. It converts your After Effects animation to... It converts your After Effects animation into a, a JSON file, and then you feed it into this Lottie library, and then it, it plays that After Effects animations on your application. Mm-hmm. So you can treat your After Effects animations... Uh, like a GIF or like an image, and you put it inside this uh, library, and then it would just render it for you. Uh, so there are a, a variety of different third-party libraries depending on your use cases. I think Lottie gives you a lot of freedom in terms of what you can do. So like loaders, like you have the spinners where you see if some applications have really custom uh, spinners, loaders, mm-hmm. and all that. That's more commonly using Lottie. So you don't have to actually code it yourself. Just drop that JSON in and then it, it animates it for you. For simple animations like um, hiding and showing elements, uh, state changes, all those, I would go with Angular animations just without any third party. If I do need some third party, I would like a light one, I would go for animate CSS just for like your regular um, animation use cases, like hover animations and all that, I would go for Animate CSS. And then if you, you want something more complex with timings, then uh, my go-to would be Pop Motion. All right. It seems like there are a lot of ways to deal with web animations using third-party libraries. I wonder what is the coolest web animation you have implemented so far? Um, I'm right now. I'm playing around with uh, Pop Motion mm-hmm. a lot uh, to see what you can actually do with Pop Motion that converts easily in mm-hmm. Angular. Um, so a lot of um, 
playing around with timing and orchestrating um, spring animations. I think because those are those feel really modern mm-hmm. in my opinion, yeah. uh, and it it can really make your app look really really polished. I saw a few examples that you shared on Twitter. They look pretty cool, especially the one which is the shopping cart example. I believe there are developers out there who never used web animations before. What would you recommend for them to get started with web animations? Yeah, um, I know animations can be really intimidating. Like it's a it's really a huge concept, and it's um, not. I, I personally, I I think it's not as straightforward to grasp. Um, so, so my tip would be to start with the basics and then uh, start moving on to the more advanced one later. Because you can do a lot already with just the basics. So when I say basics, I mean like start with the easiest one, like CSS animations. The, those are really easy to implement compared to all the other ones. Um, and then th- those are platform agnostic. Those are framework agnostic. So, so you're not tied to uh, Angular. So you could use the same one on React, on Vue. Um, and then maybe after that, start with web animation APIs. Uh, then you go to the more specific one like Angular animations. Uh, but that way you have all the basic knowledge of how animations work in the browsers. Speaking about CSS animation, that all lives in CSS, right? It's just a bunch of CSS classes that you have to implement. However, when you are dealing with animation API, you have to write a bunch of JavaScript code. Yes, that's that's 100% mm-hmm. correct. I just want to refer to the shopping cart experience. Is it something that you were building as a part of a real-world application, or it was just a playground concept sort of thing? The goal of that blog post was to showcase what animations you could add to your application, like a, a real-world application, that would like make it a more uh, pleasant user experience. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like instead of having uh, drawers or uh, dialogues that just like appear and disappear out of nowhere, like you could add just by a simple adding a simple class or a simple Angular animation directive. And then you could immediately make that transition smoother. So you, you add one class, and it takes care of your state change or your uh, adding or removing of the element from the DOM. So I think that, that, was, that was the goal of that uh, blog post. Mm-hmm. So I would say you, could, you would be able to use pieces of it on your on a real world application and it should work like can you think of any more examples where you may consider using web animations uh yeah i think uh, it's uh, anything that's really client facing or like customer facing i think those would benefit greatly from having really nice animations cuz you want you want the users to enjoy using it uh, not not saying that it's not important for uh, b2b mm-hmm. applications but I think it's um, even uh, more important for uh, B2C applications where, where you want the users to actually be engaged in your application and you want the user to... Because you can use animations in a wide variety, for, for a wide variety of reasons, right? You could use it to help guide the users through 
say, an onboarding process to make it uh, more pleasant. Um, you could use it to direct the user's attention to which part of the application you want them to see. Um, so there are a, a varied use case for uh, animations, and I think um, it's useful on both, mm -hmm. uh, on all kinds right. of applications, but it's more important, even more important for um, client-facing mm -hmm. ones. Are there any tips and tricks that you might want to share with developers who have never used web animations before? Um, yeah, I think, uh, yes. So for a lot of people who are not as familiar with animations, they sometimes run into dropped frames where they see the animation being laggy or janky. Um, so that, that usually happens when you're animating properties that aren't easily animatable. So let me give you an example of a real uh, animation. When you do animations on opacity, uh, scale, uh, translations, and rotations, those are very performant, um, and those are usually often run on the GPU. So you get this GPU acceleration for, that, for those. Uh, however, if you try to animate uh, anything that would affect other components on your page, so like you animate margins for some reason or paddings, um, those usually become less performant, and that's how you usually end up with like lags on your animation. Yeah, start start with the basics, but then also keep in mind that not all properties should be animated. There are some properties that are more performant to animate, and some properties that aren't as performant. Are there any tools that may help you to measure the web animation performance? So there, there are a couple of different ways you can measure it, and it, uh, the different browsers have different tools, uh, different toolings. Mm -hmm. uh, you can measure it um, on the CPU usage, uh, and then you could also um, debug it through the dev tools. So there, there are a number of different ways. So you, Chrome has their own set of dev, dev tools, which provides uh, their own uh, animation like inspector. And then Safari has a different one that lets you do a timeline recording so you can mm -hmm. analyze your animations. You want to be mindful of which property you animate. So if you want to animate one element you want to animate a property that only impacts that particular element and not impact elements around it or its parent or its children. Um, so for example, if you have like a, a card, a list of cards in your page um, and you want to animate just the first card on that mm -hmm. list, you don't want to animate the first card's margin because it's going to affect the parents and then all the sibling components. Like it would, if you animate margin top, it would push not only that component down, but it would push all the other components that are below it down as well. So you want to minimize that. So if you want to animate something like that, you would, I would go for instead of a margin to move it down, I would go for a translate or uh, if you, if you can use stuff that doesn't, impact other elements even more. So like uh, if you animate opacity, you are only affecting that particular one element without affecting anything else around it. So th those are the ones that you want to target instead of the ones that can impact, that can potentially impact the rest of the elements, causing the browser to have to 
do a repaint. Imagine you just build this web application with a lot of fancy web animations in it. When it comes to testing, you probably don't want any animation to run on your testing environment, as it might be just a waste of computer resources and time. Yeah, that's yeah, that's true. So ideally, you wouldn't want to test anything that's uh, dependent on animations. So if your animations don't really play a role on your test, mm-hmm. like you're not actually testing the animations, um, you can so Angular animations. You need to import the browser's animation module to be able to trig- run all Angular animations. So for testing, so you you have a separate mm-hmm. module like an Angular module for testing, right? So for for that module, you could import the Noob animation module, so the no no operation animation module. So that essentially skips mm-hmm. all the animations mm-hmm. that the Angular animations, and it skips from the first frame directly to the mm-hmm. last frame. So you wouldn't have that. Say you animated for three seconds, you would lose that three seconds and go directly mm-hmm. to the state that's after it's animated. Mm-hmm. So when you're running tests, it it the animations would just be disabled at that point. Seems like this technique only works for Angular animations. But say if you are using just a pure CSS animations or web animations, I don't think it would be as straightforward as uh, disabling mm-hmm. the Angular animations uh, one. But you could disable it the same way you would uh, when you disable it for users who have their preferred reduced motion setting set uh-huh. to true. So, like, you could probably, if you ha- you already have a check for preferred reduced motion, mm-hmm. you could implement a similar check uh, and apply it when you actually run testing. So you would essentially disable all kinds of animations. Okay, it seems like we covered everything on web animations. Do you have any final words about web animations? Um, yes, yeah, so there, there are a lot of resources to learn animations that are available online. Um, and that teaches you also different aspects of it. You don't have to learn Angular-specific uh, animations. You could start with CSS or web animation APIs. And then start with the basics and then don't be afraid to experiment with it because you could get really far just with the basics alone. And then you could learn the more advanced one as you go. Do you have anything you want to share with the listeners? Like any articles, blog posts, your Twitter handle? Yeah, uh, so yeah my Twitter handle is WilliamHuan27. I, I have a couple of Angular-specific blog posts for animations. Um, I'll leave those links as well. I have one that covers in-depth on um, using different kinds of animations in Angular. So that's that one is for in-depth.dev. It covers all kinds of how you can use Angular animations, uh, web animations, CSS animations, um, and then performance, debugging, and all those. Mm-hmm. Um, I also have a more the more real-world like application use case style, like how you could use the different animations to cover different uh, UX cases uh, for that I did for Odd Zero. Uh, I also run. Uh, I also started a, a YouTube channel that uh, that uh, that where I do sp- uh, speed coding on uh, UI and animation related stuff. Uh, right now, it's more focused on uh, the mobile side of things. Uh, so I do native script. I'm trying to expand more, so it would cover 
uh, other frameworks as well, like Ionic and also web. So anything Angular related, uh, anything UI related for Angular. It covers from layouts um, and animations and all that. Okay, that sounds great. I will put all the links to the show notes. And now it's time to wrap up. Thank you, William, for being with us today. I'm Alexey Kuntsevich, and this is Angular Rocks. See you in the next episode.